You're listening to The Marketing Trench, the official podcast where no real estate professional gets left behind in the pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. A podcast designed to help you build the foundation of a powerful real estate career. Join real estate experts Ricardo Bueno, Marketing Technology Director at West, Dustin Stevie, CEO of Lighthouse Escrow, and Scott Shang, partner at Bywise Mortgage and founder of Find My Way Home, as they bring you real-world strategies, marketing ideas, and solutions straight from the trench. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Uh, Good morning. Good Welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a highly relevant subject to real estate professionals. <coughs> Continue. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> the subject is HelloFresh. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even going to set this one up, Ricardo. Do you want to talk about your recent experience ordering HelloFresh? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so so HelloFresh is, is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> but explain for the audience exactly but. what HelloFresh is. It's a... It's a meal delivery service, except the meals, it's not like a meal prep service where the meals are are done for you. You microwave them and you're good to go. <laughs> so they you you pick whatever meals that you want to cook for that week and they uh, mail you a box. It's uh it has ice, so and it mails they mail you recipes and all of the ingredients. And it's basically this is what you're cooking for dinner. Here are all of the exact ingredients that you need. And they grew the exact quantities. The of exact things, quantities. Of things, so there's no waste. There's no waste. It's it's actually pretty darn amazing. Um, however, <laughs> but but um, the thing that you should know about me <laughs> is that I I don't want to put all of those ingredients together and take the time to cook. I'd rather have the actual. Well, I don't think that's just about you. And, and, I, and, I, and I think that's a super, super interesting, you know, this is, this is funny how, how this topic evolved because we were talking about a lot of different things and then you started telling the story <laughs> and it, it's actually unbelievably relevant to what I think a lot of us go through and what a lot of us experience because what, let's go through the the psychological <laughs> evolution <laughs> of what 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 ended up being a box of ingredients mostly done for you they didn't uh, they didn't overpromise they said we we're going to give you the exact ingredients uh, so there's no waste it's going to be fresh hello and they're going to give you and they're going to give you instructions step by step instructions so that it's super easy and beautiful by the way cuz a lot of people who order these things right they put them on Instagram the meals cuz they look like they're oh they look great five star oh, yeah. like you feel like a professional and don't chef. get me wrong when i cook the first one that sucker was amazing right it was so amazing it was even better the next day when we had leftovers yeah it was even better the next day but you have to be a certain kind of person so going back (laughs) to what scott's saying here well 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 yeah and i and i think this happens a lot to us in our business is you because in order for you to consume all of those hello fresh it requires you to change your habits a little bit mm-hmm. because prior to you getting that you didn't have the you you weren't habitually cooking so mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't buy hello fresh because 
every time I cook, there's a ton of ingredients left over. So I'm <laughs> going to buy this to solve the specific problem of having the exact perfect amount of ingredients so that I don't have waste. That was not why you bought it, Correct. right? You bought it because you're like, I like fresh meals and I like things that are all laid out for me step by step. Right. Right. And even you, you, you do like the idea of cooking because the first time you did it, you told me you played music. You were there, you know, chop and chop and chop. A little romantic time with himself. And he was dancing with the wooden spoon. I mean, it, was, it was like Ratatouille. It was like Julia Child was there. Hey, that's a really good movie. It is a good movie. I, I think it was more like Julia Child than Ratatouille. You probably sit there with a big bottle of sherry, just pounding it. <laughs> but but the point is, you know, like you love the idea of being this person who cooks every night in this sort of like perfect romantic setting. It fell apart the second night. And we're not going to go into the details <laughs> of why, because we don't want to get anyone in trouble here. But suffice it to say, the first night worked out really well because it was like it was like it was like the initial high of it, right? Like well, we, it was we, we new and it was exciting yeah. and it was it was the reveal. Right. It was like, it's here. It's the real deal. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. But the second night started feeling like work. Mm -hmm. Like the second night was people came home. Mm -hmm. There was hangriness happening <laughs> and it's work now. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not like it's, oh, I gotta go work, cook. Right. Yeah. Open yeah. all the packages, pour mm -hmm. the ingredients in, you know, you're on an hour clock or whatever it's going to take you to cook this thing. And that's where I think all of us have seen that when we talk to people, in fact, let's not even like put this on other people. Let's just get real with ourselves for a oh, second. Yeah, no, that's about <laughs> you know, yeah. Like yeah. when we when we launch into something, we're all super stoked about it the first yeah. time. You know, high we roll energy. it out. Yeah, high energy. And then day two, when it's just work and it's not the romantic scene of you know candlelight cooking, whatever, then we're bored. And then you know we're like, well, I could be doing better things with my time. Yeah. And. Ricardo, do you want to give some examples of <laughs> when we asked you what could you be doing better with your time? Some examples of what you oh rattled off. I'm going to put you on the spotlight, but then I'm going to take it myself. So, <laughs> Well, it's just I could be doing other things with my time. I can be following up with people via email. I could be reading a book. I'd be, I could be Okay, so Ricardo is engaged in what we would call bullshit. But... <laughs> <laughs> but but if it were me and I were doing it, I, oh I would God. say that. I'd be like, I could be reading a book, but really I would be scrolling social media. I'll just own this, right? I totally would. <laughs> I'd be scrolling social media. I might be like zoning out on YouTube. I might be doing nothing. I, I might be doing something so unproductive that if you asked me five minutes after I was done doing it, what I just did, I couldn't even tell you because it was that <laughs> unproductive, right? So it's not like... It's not even like people fail for want of like a better strategy, right? It's not like they're like, well, I could be working the CRM, uh, but I'm not working the CRM because I'm actually meeting with 10 people and closing deals, right? It's more like I could be working the CRM, but I'm on social media following the big rock star person <laughs> and I want to be just like them. And I'm thinking about how I, you look, I, you look I, hesitant. No, 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 they, that, that's a, that's a piece of it. But I, but I think there's, there's something even more kind of raw kind of in our in just our 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 habits you know it, it's that because what you're making a decision because you think it's better yeah. than where you are now as opposed to 
doing something purposely because you're trying to improve or solve for a problem that you see right now. Right. So, so the problem is not time or you wouldn't buy something that needed to be prepared. So the problem that he was, he, that he was solving for was a fresh meal Right. And in a, in a relatively short period of time, shorter than going to the grocery store, deciding what to eat, putting together all the ingredients and cooking it. So I want to eat healthy, but I don't want to go through all of the effort. Well, it turns out removing some of the effort still isn't enough motivation to get in there and really do it. So there wasn't a big enough reason it was like, yeah, this sounds good. It's the kind of the grass is greener theory, right? Grass is always greener until you get on the other side, right? You look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that looks like something. And then you get over there and you're like, well, shit, it still needs to be mowed. You know, it still needs to be watered. It's, it's just grass. It was just that dude took care of it better than like they showed me the grass when it was perfect. But then when you get over there, you're like, you still got 10 to the grass. Right. <laughs> you know, so so it's there, there's. There's something, and this happens all the time. This happens all the time when it comes to tools and strategies. And there's a lot of people that, you know, present themselves as coaches out there. And what they're doing is they're presenting these solutions, these beautifully polished solutions, and they're hitting all of the right um, pleasure points. But the reality is there's not enough behind it you know, once you get there, you're instantly let down. You're like, you know, the very first time you're like, oh, that was exciting. And then the second time you're like, oh shit, I got to cook. <laughs> right. Even, right. even though it's less time, it's still, you have to do it. So there wasn't, so that's interesting. So how it, is there a, how do we know that we really want something? And is there a process where you see something and is there like some sort of process that you can go through to say, is this something that I'll really do? And then make that decision and not yeah. get not get overwhelmed by the the anticipation or the excitement of something. So I mean that's a that's a great question to ask yourself. Cause because the question you're asking is, is it a me problem <clears throat> or is it a tool problem? And I think that yeah. a lot of people I've done this where I've been like, I would be so much more effective. If I had a tool, but really the problem I'm having is me. So I'm not disciplined. For example, the reason that I fail to follow up with past clients is not because I don't have a great tool for it because people who are really good at it, actually, you have someone at your uh, title company who writes handwritten thank you notes mm -hmm. every single week. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a tool for that. Nope. He has, ha he has thank you notes and a pen and he has and he discipline. sits down and he does it every single freaking week. Yeah, and Is I got one from him. Yeah. He's yeah, he's growing his business. He started from zero. He's cracked a coastal market. Mm -hmm. Like I have a lot of respect for the guy. And I think about that. I'm like, I have thank you notes. I have pens. They're both branded. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm holding one of them right now. <laughs> you are. They're, they're beautiful. Lighthouse escrow <laughs> pens. Um and this message yeah. is brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet I don't do that. And no tool is going to make like, it's not a tool problem. Cause I got the tools. It's a me problem, but yet someone's going to come to me and be like, do you not write your handwritten thank you notes? Probably the problem is you don't know who to write them to. Okay, right. So this conversation can fork one of two ways. Yeah. Fork. 
fork, <laughs> fork, like a split, like a divide in the path. I want to make that perfectly clear. Oh my God. So one, one, one path is, um, it's important. Do you really need to be the one that has to do it? Oh, interesting. So, so yes, you have thank you notes. Um, Ricardo, because this is where the conversation went with Ricardo. He likes eating fresh, but is it is it worth if he doesn't want to do it? Is it worth hiring somebody to come in and prepare those meals? To me, it is. Of course, it is. Because if you could be spending your time on activities or things or thoughts, investing in your relationship, investing in your business, investing in a partnership, uh, uh, a project that you're working on, something that you can dedicate your your energy to, that's not that. So you can solve for the fresh meal, but you have to hire somebody to do it for you. And 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 people think, oh, that's silly. But no, seriously, you could probably there's somebody out there that. $300 a month mm-hmm. or $500 a month would be exactly what they're looking for right now. Right. Like that's, that's like they're, they need that extra money. They'd be happy to come in and spend the 20 minutes that <laughs> yellow fresh has narrowed down cooking a fresh, delicious <laughs> meal to. They've made it so simple and so easy. It's literally somebody coming in a half hour a day. Dustin it's is two and a half, me right now. It's two and a half <laughs> hours a week. Yes. Right. It's 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 two and a half hours a week that somebody comes by and cooks your meal for you. But like what if okay, but you just set up like the perfect decision. The perfect decision there, right? In the sense it's like, do I want to write the thank you note or do I want to close three deals? Right? Obviously you want to go close three deals. Most people aren't closing three deals, most people are wasting their time. So what do you do in this fork that you're talking about where the decision is do I write the thank you note or do I sit on my butt and scroll Facebook? Well, if you're wasting time, then you need to have a serious conversation with yourself. If you're just lazy and you don't want to do it, <laughs> that's one thing. But the, the, I saw your hand casually waft over in Ricardo's direction. <laughs> it, it was it was it was a general wafting. It wasn't it wasn't aimed at somebody. But but you have somebody in your office that can do it. So yes, the the yes the the letters are important. Yeah. Um, and so you have somebody to do it. Or the other piece to this is, do you just hunker down and break through the learning curve? Because you can, is the pain enough that you go through and you you figure it out and you you just do it yourself? Or, yeah. or you do it yourself, or is it important enough that you, know, and, you should and, spend the time and energy to do it? And so, cooking so, a meal necessarily might not be. So this is funny because I average about 30 to 40 appointments a week. Most of them don't have a CRM. The first thing we do is we set up and we help them get set up with their line desk. Yep. Free member benefit when with I, the association. When I circle back with them, the overwhelm of logging into a new system, figuring out what to do is almost so great that they don't want to do the follow-up. And yeah. Yeah. So it's not the money. It's not like I can't afford a CRM. It's... I can't make it through the learning curve, and it's probably because the there's not enough pain there for them not having a CRM. Yeah. So, or there's what, not enough will. Because I'm not convinced that pain begets will. Um, I, 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 I think there's a lot of truth to people do things to gain pleasure, avoid pain. I mean, I think there's there, as fundamentally, I think that's ultimately, you know, you don't. How many people do you know? start exercising after they have a heart attack. 
right? They're like, I don't want to die. I should start eating right. And I should start exercising. You know, that's a, that's, that's a perfect example. So if, if there isn't like eminent torture from not doing it, right. You know, sometimes it, it, but you're right. It is will, but that willpower is, is so much more difficult to master than running away from pain. Right. It's, it's, it's almost, a, it's almost an advanced, you know, willpower takes a lot of willpower, <laughs> but, 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 but good work is painful often, right? It's like learning how to be proficient at anything requires, you can suffer through boredom because you're going to do something 10,000 times. It requires the discipline of showing up every single day to do it, even when you don't want to, which is many days. Um, sometimes it can be like actually physically painful if you're like, you know, trying to get good at a sport and you're having to work out. I I was, I don't know even this is related or not, but I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. And the thing is like, for me, I need to, if I'm working on a project, I need to be able to sit down and do deep work. So calendar a few hours of time and focus and work on that project. I can't do it in between appointments, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes right. there. No, it's, that's, it's way that's like I'm going to take Friday off so that I can work on this. Well, why don't you just do it between appointments? Like I can't, that's not how this works. This requires deep work. And most agents, you know, they don't time block. <laughs> they show up, they open up the laptop and then they're putting out fires in a million different directions. So is that nature or nurture? Is 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 the is all of the noise in, in in our industry always trying to convince everybody that everything is so easy? Because I mean, you look at all the coaches and the podcasts; they only show people that are successful at something, but the why behind that, their personality traits, who they are as an individual. Right. That's the one of the things that always annoys me. Is is somebody says you know, everybody likes to hear about the success story. It's like the instant millionaire. It's like, Oh, you're worth a million dollars. Yeah. But it took me 30 years to figure out how to make a million dollars. And, and so they highlight, so we're always being shown um, this is a successful person and this is what this successful person did. And then your inclination and, and what they're kind of insinuating is um, if you do what they did, you can have the same success that they did. But it's not necessarily that's not the answer because they have different they have a different skill set. They have a different level of patience. They have a different level of focus. They process information. And quite frankly, what was their motivation for getting that good at that one thing? What were they running away from or what were they trying to solve for? Right. Right. You have to get something behind you in order to achieve things in front of you. So whatever you're doing, it's it's what was that Einstein's definition of insanity is continuing to do the same things and expecting different results. Right. So it's why do you do why do you do that that next thing? So, for instance, and I don't know, did we ever talk about the, the competency quadrants? the four quadrants of competency, I call it overcoming the learning curve, like really understanding the learning curve. No, but that sounds like a great podcast. <laughs> uh, well, it's it, okay. Well, let me touch on it real quick and, and see, because I think we've touched on this and essentially psychologically, there is a, there is a process to, um, to learning new things and overcoming the learning curve. And there's basically four quadrants. There's uh, when you first starting, start doing something, you have um, 
unconscious incompetence. So like you didn't even know that you don't know what the hell you're doing. The the second part is you have conscious incompetence. You're like, okay, I recognize that I don't really know <laughs> what I'm doing right now. So then you have conscious competence, which is like, you know that you're doing this, so you're good at it, but you still have to think about it. And then the fourth quadrant, when you overcome the learning curve, is unconscious competence. So that's when it's a habit. You're not thinking about it anymore. So it's unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. It's conscious incompetence. I know that I don't know. It's conscious competence, which is I know, but I still have to kind of pay attention. And then it's unconscious competence, which is you don't even have to think about it anymore. It's a habit. Move on. And that takes... I've, what I've heard is it, it's like it's just three weeks. It takes three weeks of doing something until you can achieve some sort of unconscious competence with it. And um, I've gone through a couple of exercises in the last couple of months that I can say a thousand percent that worked for me in this particular case. Um, but some things take a little bit longer to master. But the bottom line is, is there's no way to avoid that evolution of competency. There's no way to avoid that learning curve of getting to the point where you're doing it. And as we all know, especially salespeople, the hardest part of anything is getting started. Okay. So let's, let's take this to a conversation we're having just offline. Cause I think this really powerfully captures. That's really awesome. So this really powerfully captures, I think why people get sucked into things, right? So you were talking about earlier, uh, the NAR convention happened recently. Yep. And you have exhibit halls full of people mm-hmm. who are talking to the attendees and the attendees are walking around unconscious incompetence. They don't know what they don't know. And then right. they see this tool. And what this tool is promising is, hey, we're going to take you from your unconscious incompetence to your unconscious competence. In other words, we're going to skip all of the middle steps. You just push this button and you're going to, it's going to be a habit. It's going to happen in the background. You're going to be highly proficient at the push of a button. And all they are is just rows and rows of people saying, did you know you have this problem? I bet you didn't know you have this problem. Right. (laughs) Well, don't worry because I've solved it for you. Here's the solution to the problem you didn't know that you have. Yes. And you're like, I want that problem. Well, first of all, I didn't know I had that problem. But now that you mention it, I might. And I would like a solution. Yes. But and we don't even think that that's weird because our whole world is structured like that yeah. in, in our capitalist environment, uh, which is better than our communist environment where we're starving and our world is structured like that. <laughs> Ooh, dig. Um, but the point is, like, it happens to us all the time. People are always like, you don't know you have this problem, but here's this problem. But don't worry. The instant solution so well, who's who's ever who's ever gotten the uh, their flat stack IKEA uh, box oh back at the God. house and then said, "Holy, shit, how is this ever going to look like it did at the store?" <laughs> right? And you're like, and you're like, okay, they they made it dead simple, right? Anybody can put it together. There's clear instructions. I still, it's not I still well, like clear because I was still hiring somebody but, to build my bookshelf. Right, yep. right. But that's the that's the whole thing. It's like you see the assembled furniture and you. You say we have all the instructions, all of the parts. You can put it together yourself. And yes, you're absolutely correct. You can put it together yourself. But what is that going to look like? <laughs> and and you're like it. It's that's it's that well, same the thing. thing. The, the thing with IKEA though is that it has the advantage of everyone knows what a bookshelf is. And it, once you have a bookshelf, like you can have it in the background operating, and it's not a problem. But a CRM isn't the same way. 
And so that's the problem is or, or a marketing tool that's going to bring tool. in you a new stream of business that you didn't know you were missing out on. So going back to the question that we had said, is it a you problem or is it a tool problem? I'm thinking in this in this competency framework that you just presented, Scott, that maybe one way to answer that question is to look and to say, OK, uh, are you is, is this an unconscious incompetence thing? If it is, it's probably not a tool problem. It's probably a you problem. Or maybe you have uh, conscious uh, incompetence, like you're aware there's a problem, but you don't really know, you know what to, to do about it to solve it. And that's where tools start becoming interesting. But I mean, I, I so for instance, well, let me, let me finish that real quick. So what I'm thinking is a good tool is the one where somebody has that conscious incompetence. They've been doing something, doing something, doing something, and they're looking at the tool and they're like, okay, I think this thing helps clarify but like the optimal time to take a tool is when you have conscious competence. In other words, you're, you got the discipline, you're working at it, you understand the product, but like you, you want it to be something that just happens almost in the background, like, mm-hmm. you know, like a good habit does. And you realize this is manual work. It's never going to just happen in the background because it's manual. Oh, look at this tool. I know exactly where this fits. It's going to make it a habit for me to put it in the background so I don't have to think about it anymore. Now I'm ready to take the tool. Well, and a great example of this is is if you have a CRM that you never built, a different CRM is not ever going to get built so, either. Yeah. Right. Right. So you're like you're like oh, I, somebody says oh well this is the easiest CRM ever. Well, it's not. It it, it may have things that are easier. But if you haven't solved the underlying, it doesn't understand. It doesn't. And and when you say the right tool, the right tool is the one that you use, right? Uh, In in all cases, because because they all do something, and you have to learn that tool. You have to get into it. You have to dig into it. And then after you've mastered that tool, you determine: is this something that I can live with, or is this something that maybe that really wasn't something that I needed to solve for? Yes. And and so like right now I'm going through this exact experience but I know I know I've I've I know that I have a huge learning curve to go through and it's actually with a CRM. So I have I, I I'm always trying to minimize my tech stack to the minimal number of of technology pieces um i have rules they have to be able to communicate with each other there has to be automation so if something happens in one it goes to the next step and it has to happen automatically it's uh, for me it's always a process of removing human interaction Mm -hmm. so you should be able to do natural um, natural steps throughout the process, which triggers automations. Everything talks together. So we've been we've been playing with different um, automations and and text messaging and ringless uh, you know fo- voice mm-hmm. calls and phone burner type automated things. Um, we've gone through three or four of those in the last year, right? Mm-hmm. We explored a lot of them. They all kind of were missing pieces. So I know this because we got in and we explored those tools and we pushed those tools to the limit and we got to the point where we said, okay, this is good enough. I just wish that it did all these other things. Mm -hmm. So I found a solution from somebody that I've known for a long time and I really respect and they know what they're doing. And they created a new CRM tool that for me solves like three or four problems that I had with the other tools um, 
but it's complex. So but you were operating in a phase of conscious competence. You had these other tools going. You right. knew what you needed. Right. You knew what you were doing, but it just wasn't quite streamlined enough. You it, couldn't get it to habit phase. Right. I couldn't get it to well, no, I could get it to habit phase, but in that particular in that particular case, um, I came I ran into um, limitations of the the product. You couldn't scale it to have you so, couldn't scale it to the degree you wanted to then. Right, or it didn't fit in, or it required too much manual intervention, or you had to export stuff and then import it into something else. Right. It didn't communicate whatever, but it absolutely solved a certain amount of problems, but then it stopped. So I've got this new solution now, and yesterday I started looking into it, and I was like, if you want to solve big problems, it takes big commitment to get through that learning curve. And I was looking at it yesterday and I was like, holy shit, this is gonna, this is gonna suck. Right. This is gonna be like, <laughs> this is gonna be like boot camp. If I want to get into the Marines, I just gotta suck it up. I know that I'm gonna want to die every single day for a couple of weeks right. until I get comfortable. But I've already explored everything that doesn't work. And so my decision was to choose to go back to a conscious incompetence and power through that curve. But because I understand that that is the process and it's become a habit for me over the years of looking at something, first of all, identifying what am I really trying to solve here? Is it a problem I already had? Or did you just tell me I have this problem (laughs) and I'm trying to solve a problem I didn't know that I had? Right? So So like right now I'm freaking out a little bit because I'm like, this is going to take a lot of brain juice, but I know what it's going to solve for. So the motivation is there. It's not necessarily a, uh, that I'm trying to avoid the pain. It it definitely is a pleasure thing that if I figure this out or when I figure this out, when I power through this learning curve and, you know, and you have to learn all the, you know, the verbiage and the relationships and how do you get this to do that? And then, but I know that when I power through that, I'm going to be five steps above where I was with all of these other tools. Right. Yeah. So, so, so going to, I I want to try and bring this down to earth a little bit here, because I feel like that that's a highly specific example. It's very useful and clarifying, but I want to try to draw some lessons out of it for people to take away. So going back to Ricardo and his situation with the HelloFresh, right? HelloFresh is a great product. Yeah. But probably it's a great product for the kind of person who was first interested in cooking, right? And so they, maybe they went and bought flour and they bought all the little, I mean, anytime you look at a recipe online, like you're having to buy five random little things <laughs> at the grocery store and they cost eight to 10 bucks a pop. And yeah. then you just have them for one use because you don't know how to like use them. Because you need a quarter cup. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Even that, right? Like you might need a teaspoon of it, but yeah. you have to buy the $5 bottle, right? Right. Um, vanilla extract or whatever it is. <laughs> and just pulling that out randomly. Um, <laughs> I haven't been there before, but you know, anyone who's done cooking, like this is what you do and it's a process. And then you go from that total unconscious incompetence to, you know, some uh, conscious incompetence. Like you're aware, okay, like I'm, I'm trying to better understand how yeast works and how long I have to let dough set and you know what the difference is between maybe like a flash uh like a flash grill versus like baking it and the temperatures and times and all the rest um and then hello fresh probably comes in like it starts making more and more sense when someone's gone through that journey they have an understanding that you know what like i enjoy the art of cooking i enjoy uh learning about how different flavors can go together 
But honestly, if I'm real with myself, uh, for this to be a habit for me to have like home cooked meals every day, I just cannot be going to the grocery store constantly. Like I, I need a tool that drops the ingredients in. I can do the thing I enjoy doing. I've already got the habit of doing it. I've already gone through the struggle and now I just need to have something that's like, it's all here and I just can put it together and I can so learn that. HelloFresh is the perfect solution for somebody that cooks every night. Right. So they just cook every night, but they're doing it a different way. And so HelloFresh introduces certain streamlined functionality to get from A to B in a shorter and more efficient time frame. It's perfect. But it's 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 it but reduces it's it reduces the waste. It's not a solution for somebody who is restaurant prone. It's not a solution. Yeah, it's not a solution for somebody that says, "Oh, I would never cook because it's not easy enough." Right. <laughs> right. They, 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 and then they come along and they say, "Well, we'll yeah. make it easy." And you're like, "Well, it's not easier than not doing it at all." Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> and that's that takes us right into the market. I mean, this is not to dig on Ricardo because <laughs> the fact of the matter is, we've all been there. And in our oh, marketing, I mean, this is yeah, this is exactly how we do it. You know, it's like. No CRM is easier than not having a CRM. Zero percent of CRMs are, you know, easier than having no CRM at all. Yep. And, you know, you might feel the pain of not having a CRM, but really you can find like you can sort of mitigate the pain or dull the pain or whatever by doing other little things, whatever those are. So whatever. Those well, are. And this goes back to our episode before of the, the four control framework of the things that you actually have control over. And the single, the, the, the single most important reason to have a CRM is to mine the gold mine that is your past client database, mm-hmm. right? And the, your past clients, and we went, we talked about the 80-20 and finding your best clients and really loving on those clients that are going to give you the most repeat and referral business right. and really diving into that. That's really difficult to do without a CRM, without some way of tracking. And I mean, I told... I. I think I talked about this in a past episode too, but we have an agent whose goal is to close 50 transactions this year. He has a database in Lion Desk of uh, 3,500, 5,000 contacts just sitting there. We turned on a re-engagement campaign. He got 178 responses in a 48-hour period. And has he done he, anything he has, with it? He has a, oh, yeah. He has a team. They had 20 conversations with 20 different people, and they're still going through it. Um, but at least 20 different people have indicated, Hey, thanks for checking in. Sorry to say we just sold our place in California. Yeah. We're happily living in Alaska Yeah. or, Hey, thanks for checking in. Great to hear from you. Um, we just closed, we just closed escrow on a new, on a new home over the summer. So that is a great example of, well, luckily they had somebody like you that could help kind of walk them through the getting started so that they can see the results. But now I bet you that person is sold <laughs> that I need to stay in touch with my past I bet clients. You they're not. I would be interested to come back to that person. He, he's what was interting is he's not because ups- it was done he's for him. not upset. Yeah. He's not upset over the those 20 conversations that he had where he lost deals. For him, what he's recognizing is hey, this helps me realize that we thought we were being effective and staying in touch with our database and we're realizing we're not. Well, okay, so wait, so I might change my opinion then. Uh, so were they doing things to stay in touch with their database and it was just not going well? It was just your standard vanilla newsletter. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's better. I thought he wasn't doing anything, and then you helped him to get in touch with his database. So that might be our next episode, which <laughs> is what I was getting at as is um, – Actually, I just lost it. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. But um, oh. I just remembered it. Yes. <laughs> Go. No, no. All, all it was is how do you identify when something doesn't work? So what, what are your metrics? What are your measurements? So he was sending out a newsletter. He thought that he was he thought that he was mining his past client database, but he wasn't putting himself in that client's shoes. So he was sending them a message through a medium that didn't connect with his past clients. So he knew he had the thought and the idea and he was committed to doing something to his past clients. And he didn't decide, oh, marketing to my past clients doesn't work. He decided, or Ricardo probably, he probably had unconscious incompetence. And Ricardo came along and said, you know what? I see that you value sending something to your past clients, but it's not effective. This is a better way to communicate with your past clients, and it was significantly more effective. So how do we, without Ricardo, recognize that what we are doing is not, does it necessarily, isn't necessarily the wrong thing, but we might be doing it the wrong way? Yeah, and I, I kind of wonder if it actually is, is the case in this guy's case that he had conscious incompetence in the sense that like uh, he he knew that he was farming his database but he knew well somebody like, he didn't know like how to do it well well somebody told him one time you have to you have to send a newsletter to your past clients and so he you was have aware to stay, of that. you have to stay top of mind and he and he did it but he didn't know how to do it well he put the absolute minimum effort and he didn't see the value of a high converting strategy and so when i initially said i don't think it's going to last I was thinking that he had unconscious incompetence. In other words, he had done oh, no. nothing. No, no, no. Right. And that's that in my opinion, that's one of the big takeaways for me from this as I think about our own sales team here at Lighthouse is um, if if someone presents a solution and it strikes the unconscious incompetence cord, we're probably not ready for that solution. Yeah. Like we should probably only take on a solution once we've actually done hard work ourselves to get us from the point of uh, unconscious incompetence to the point of conscious incompetence or even conscience, uh, conscious competence. In other words, uh, you know, we're doing something we know we need to do. We're just ignorant on how to do it well, or we're doing something we know how to do it well, but we can't really scale it. We need something that helps us scale it. Well, and, and I think that there's an exercise that you can train yourself to do to determine whether or not you're doing everything as effectively and efficiently as you can and assessing what your strategies and what your assessing what you're doing and uh and yeah so, so no that, that, that's interesting so I, I i love where this conversation went i i hope i i hope people that are listening can kind of extract because this is kind of a profound type of a a, a revelation i mean it's right. like once you see it's like now once your eyes are open and you're like Oh my gosh, I wonder how I'm I wonder how I'm thinking about my business. And I'm wondering how I'm thinking about solutions to my business. Yeah. And the things I'm spending money on. Things I'm mm. yeah, things I'm spending money on. And 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 it, maybe that is maybe that is our next episode is is the things that you are spending money on. Um are you using them the right way? Is it that the tool doesn't work or is it that you're not thinking of it the right way? And how do you determine that? Yeah, perfect. Well, this has been the Marketing Trench Podcast. Until next time. Yeah.